What is up, everyone? It is Tuesday night, 8 p.m., so you guys know what that means. Another edition of the Buffalo Blitz right here on the Built in Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter network. And as always, the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcast. We have a fun show for you. We're going to talk about Joe Brady. We're going to talk about Bobby Babbick, Bobby Babich. I messed that name up. And we're also going to talk about the senior bowl. Lance and I will preview some draft prospects that we like. We'll talk about that. We'll go a little bit in depth and it is officially the off season. So we're going to start our off season coverage. But before we do that, Lance, who, oh, for how are you doing, man? And who are we sponsored by? Yeah, how you doing? Uh, we're sponsored by Underdog Fantasy, the best daily fantasy app out there. Just go out there and use promo code BLITZ to sign up for Underdog Fantasy. Get your first deposit matched up to $100. Uh, yeah, Pick'em game. We've been saying it all year. Pick'ems uh, are, the, are where it's at. And then you can do daily drafts and uh, season-long drafts. So really cool app for Underdog Fantasy. You can sit on the web as well. Use promo code BLITZ when you sign up, and you'll get your first deposit matched. Yes, you will. And as always, comment section is open if you are on YouTube or Facebook. Make sure you guys join the conversation. We would appreciate anyone that joins the conversation. I know we still have a lot to talk about, even though there's no more Bills football, which is sad for all of us for the rest of the year. But before we get to some draft talk, and I know Junie already in the comment section is already getting the draft talk. We need wideouts in the draft. We'll give you guys some wideouts later in the show, so don't go anywhere. We're going to talk a little about some of the recent hires that the Bills have made. And to do that, we're going to bring on founder of Built and Buffalo, Dave Myers. Dave, how are we doing? Peter and Lance, what's going on, fellas? Another another lovely Tuesday night of the Buffalo Blitz. Yeah, I mean, some good hires. and I can't wait to kind of get into these guys and, and then watch you guys talk about the Senior Bowl that's happening this week. So I'm excited. Yeah, so I know you were stoked to talk about this hire, uh, the new DC that the Bills officially hired. So, Dave, I'll let you, I'll let you start initial thoughts, just perspective on it, all that type of things. Yeah, I think Bobby Babbage was the guy all along that we we all wanted. It was an in-house guy, a guy who's been with McDermott for a while. Um, I brought this up to the guys, and before we went went live, that he actually was an uh, assistant admin for McDermott back in 2011, 2012. So the Carolina connection still runs deep, even though, you know, that was 11 years ago. Um, but I think there was some concern when Babbage was named to be interviewing for some open DC spots. Um, the yeah. Dolphins were rumored, um, the Giants were rumored, the Packers. Um, and it was a little concerning um, because you'd think that if he wants to, you know, explore his options and if his ultimate goal is to become a head coach, he's going to want to go somewhere where he's not, under McDermott, he's not going to be associated with McDermott if he has success. Um, not saying that he's not going to be a good uh, defensive coordinator, because I think that he is. But if he's here with McDermott, you know, the, there's all the questions. Is he really calling plays? You know, is McDermott the one that's in charge of the defense? Same stuff we went through with Leslie Frazier, right? So um, if you look at Bobby Babich, it's, it's real easy to see. He's 40 years old. He's going to relate to the players. Um, he's been around McDermott since 2017. He was on the initial staff McDermott assembled when he came here, um, in 2017, he was an assistant DBs coach. Um, he's coached Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. 
um, back from 2017 to 2020. Then he was the safeties or he was the safeties coach 2018 to 2021. Then he was the linebackers coach 21 and 22. Um, and you go back to Poyer and Hyde, those guys were all pros, you know, for the first time under, I don't want to say just under Bobby Babbage, but that's when they came into their own. Micah Hyde made his first pro bowl under Bobby Babbage when he was the safeties coach. So you look to me, the biggest, the biggest telling point for, for what I really like about him is you look back at the 2022 season, not this past season, but the 2022 season who had their biggest season as a Buffalo bill linebacker, Tremaine Edmonds, right? Um, we were all clamoring for when's he going to arrive? When's he going to arrive? When's he going to arrive? Well, Bobby Babbage made it happen in 2022 on top of the fact that Matt Milano was an all pro in 2022. Um, so then you fast forward to 2023 and I think we're all excited about what the future holds for Terrell Bernard. Um, you lose Matt Milano and the things that he was, Babbage was able to do with Tyrell Dotson can't be, I mean, there's, there's no way to even understand how, Terrell Dotson was the second highest graded PFF linebacker in the entire NFL. Like that, that jumps off the page at me. So I'm kind of interested to see, you know, what his takes going to be, what his scheme's going to be, you know, his, his footprint and his, or his blueprint and his, the stamp he's going to put on the defense. Um, and he's got a great mentor in Sean McDermott. So I think, I think it's a win-win. I think it's the guy that we all kind of wanted. Um, there would be no crazy weird transition, no new style. Plus to me, He's 40. He's going to relate to all these guys, similar to like what Joe Brady has, has been doing with, with the offense. So that's, that's my take on it. Lance, what do we got? Yeah. You know, I tweeted out earlier and just really think that this is a big, big, uh, you know, retention, retention for the bills. McDermott, it's kind of a, a nice, uh, reflection on McDermott to retain one of these guys. Um, you know, when in previous years we've lost some, of the position coaches and there was stuff out there that coaches might not want to be here. And now uh, retaining this guy um, for me is just a big win for the Buffalo bills. In my opinion, um, a guy that commands the respect of his players, obviously is well liked within the organization has gotten the most out of every position group he's coached, like Dave said. And um, the one thing I've been waiting to kind of ask the two of you um, is, do you think, that it matters if he or McDermott calls the plays. I mean, you had guys like Eric Bieniemy under Andy Reid calling play. Andy Reid's calling the plays in Kansas City on the offensive side. Sean McDermott's a defensive guy, so he's calling the defensive plays. And does, in your opinion, do you care? Does it matter to the success of the Buffalo Bills whether or not Sean McDermott is calling defensive plays or Bobby Babich assumes that role? I'll I'll start with this. I think if you're you're the bill or us as Bills fans, and obviously want them to succeed. I think I don't. I'm not opposed to letting Sean McDermott call plays again because I thought he did a really good job this year with a very banged up defense. I thought down the stretch where not even the offense struggled, but the offense obviously struggled at times throughout the year. Was very inconsistent. Didn't put together a full game a lot of the times, um, and obviously that's one of the reasons they made the, the OC change. But I thought Sean McDermott did a great job or a really good job of calling plays this year. I thought the defense was a little more aggressive. Uh, there were some players that stepped up in positions that maybe we didn't expect. Uh, Ed Oliver had one of his better years. Dodson had a great year. Bernard came out of nowhere. And that could also be Babbage as well. 
uh, who's also coaching that as well. But I'm not opposed to Sean McDermott keep calling plays. I would trust whatever they decide. I'm not going to go against either way. I'm not going to be one of those people I'm going to trust. But if you're on, if you're Bobby Babbage, I guess the best way to progress or grow his career as a coach in the National Football League would probably be to call plays because that's where you kind of make your mark. And if he eventually wants to get a head coaching job, obviously that's probably his end goal is to get a head coaching job. If he wants to get a head coaching job, you eventually have to go start calling plays. One of the reasons Eric Bieniemy, like you said, Lance, left Kansas City, I think he wanted to show that he could do it on his own. Uh, and it was very up and down with him in uh, Washington. That's also because when you go from Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey to Sam Howell and Ron Rivera as your head coach, it, it, it drops a ton. And it's probably, it wasn't probably the best business decision by Eric Bieniemy, but I, I get why he did it. He wanted to get out of the shadow and create a head coaching potential opportunity for himself. But if I'm the Bills, I'm not opposed to either. I would probably, obviously it's Sean McDermott and maybe Brandon Bean's decision as well. But if I, if I did choose, I would lean with Sean McDermott calling plays again. Dave, what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? I think you're going to see a progression with Bobby Babbage from Sean McDermott. Um, I think that, you know, this is a guy that Sean McDermott trusts to learn and grow into ultimately, like you said, being a head coach. Um, you look back at 2017, he was the assistant DBs coach when he came on the staff. Then he worked his way to be the safeties coach. Then he's the linebackers coach. Now he's the defensive coordinator. So I think that there's going to be, I don't want to say there's going to be a pass the baton type approach, but I, I I'm comfortable with whatever they decide to do. Um, if that's answering your question, what I think is going to happen is I think McDermott's going to call plays. And I think Babbage is going to kind of ease into um, the whole role of defensive coordinator. Does he call plays from day one? Maybe he does, but I just knowing that McDermott likes to keep things close to the chest. He likes to kind of th keep things, in structure and likes things a certain way. I feel like with Leslie Frazier, there wasn't that whole sense of, I have a guy that I know is going to, I can groom him. I can motivate him. I can teach him, you know, we can do things side by side. And if I need to take call, play calling duties away from Bobby Babich, I can where with Leslie Frazier, there was absolutely, you could tell there was budding heads for six years or five years. You could tell that there was times when, we didn't know who was calling plays. We just knew the defense looked different than it did the half before or the game before in a good or bad way. So I think when you have a guy that you are essentially grooming to become a head coach where with Leslie Frazier, you didn't have that. I don't know if Leslie Frazier wants to be a head coach anymore. He had his opportunities. I think Leslie Frazier was a really good defensive coordinator, but that's probably his cap where Bobby Babich is 40 years old and he's coming up the ranks and I think he's willing to work with McDermott to learn the process of being not just a head coach, but a, a signal caller, because it's going to be the first time he's actually calling plays. So it would be a lot to ask if, you know, the Bills fans just want Bobby Babbage to call plays and take it away from McDermott so he can be the entire game manager like we were talking about last season. But it's going to be interesting to see. I don't know if we'll ever find that information out. I don't know if that's something that Sean McDermott will voluntarily give us. Um, in a press conference at some point, but it'll be interesting to see, but I'm willing to give, um, you know, give them time to work into however this dynamic is going to work out because Bobby Babbage was on the team last year. It's not like you're bringing in somebody from a different organization. He knows Sean McDermott. He knows the players on staff. He knows 
you know, the ins and outs of the scheme McDermott wants to run. So I think either way, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I think that you have to, um, <clears throat> you have to get good folks, you know, in key positions. And that's one of the comments we have here too, about, you know, who's going to be the LB and D line coach. Now, those are going to be hires that um, Bobby Babich at least has a hand in making as the defensive coordinator and getting to fill out a staff. And so you're going to have um, his first shot at that kind of thing. And one of the things I'm excited about is now having this whole staff structure in place very early on in the off season to have a whole off season to chew through everything and really make sure that they have a formidable plan with what their roster may look like moving into the next season. So uh, getting that all out of the way very quickly um, before we're even out of January here, for me, I think it's a solid sign. And I think it's a, it's a great sign of solidarity that, you know, you have two guys who could have potentially gone and tried to take, um, you know, promotions elsewhere, um, wanting to stay in Buffalo and wanting to be coordinators under Sean McDermott. Another thing, if I can add real quick, this is the first um, defensive coordinator that the Bills have had that's not named Leslie Frazier. Obviously, McDermott was calling plays, but he was the head coach. So um, do we see some sort of a scheme switch with Bobby Babich knowing the ins and outs of the, he was the linebackers coach. So is he going to have mm -hmm. some sort of say in with Sean McDermott as to what they want, what he wants to look forward to fit into his scheme in the draft this year? Mm -hmm. um, does he want certain players to be on, uh, you know, the back seven, the, the front four, like this is the first time we've had a guy not named Leslie Frazier, or Sean McDermott calling plays um, under this regime. So it's going to be kind of interesting um, to see if there's a scheme shift because we saw the injuries depleted this team down the stretch and it was Rob Peter to pay Paul to try to fit guys in positions to be successful. So you would now have another guy in that room um, ultimately that says, I want these, this type of player to be in my system. I want this type of player to help me in my system. And I think having the voice of, of the players and that's what I, alluded to earlier with being relatable to the players. I mean, he's 40 years old, so he's not far removed from, you know, the ages of some of these guys, you know, even the, the guys on second contracts or whatever. So it's going to be really interesting to see if there's a somewhat of a scheme shift here, you know, trying to get more younger athletic guys that can play multiple positions. Um, because as you remember, M Micah Hyde came over, he was a corner. He came over and McDermott plugged him in at safety and it, it was just a seamless fit. So we're probably going to see a lot more than that, uh, more of that going forward. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to the second coaching hire that obviously happened before this coaching hire. And it was like, uh, like Dave just said for Micah Hyde becoming a, a corner to a safety. This was also kind of seemed like a seamless transition that the Bills were going to do. They Obviously, they did a couple coaching interviews uh, to abide by potentially some of the rules that the NFL has in place and obviously maybe do a little bit of due diligence as well. But they officially moved the, the interim tag off of Joe Brady and made him the official OC. Obviously, we got to see nine games of or nine plus games of uh, Joe Brady as an offensive corner for this Buffalo Bills team. Lance, I'm going to start with you this time. Give me, I guess, your, now your thoughts on Joe Brady being the official OC of the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I like it overall. I thought that he deserved to have the role full-time based upon what he showed us 
Um, we liked some of his scheme there with limited um, time to install anything too exclusive to him. You know, he was working off probably a lot of legacy things and just selecting from that playbook. But um, again, now we'll see, which is exciting, and I'm hopeful to see his progression into what does he like to do with an offense and how does he, you know, like Dave said, kind of scheme things up. You know, he was Dave obviously talking about the defense side, but here, you know, Joe Brady really <clears throat> should have the leading voice, whereas McDermott probably has more of the leading voice on the defensive side of the ball. Joe Brady really is going to be trusted, you know, with that Corvette on offense to really go out there and make it, you know, perform at its top ability. So I think that Joe Brady was the right hire here. I think he he did enough and he, he did well. Obviously, um, the Bills performed admirably since he took over. I think they lost two games, right? So, um, and you could say that maybe neither were on the offense, but that's here nor there. I think that he has shown a prowess to put guys in the right position to make plays. And then, you know, it's kind of about those guys going out there, executing that plan and making the plays necessary um, to have success. So that's kind of what I like about McDermott too. And these guys are kind of extensions of that where McDermott is very good at putting guys in position to make a play. And then it's up to them. And he has very big trust in his players to go out there and make those plays. And sometimes I think when the bills don't perform well, um, it's due to, you know, those guys being put in position and then failing um, to maybe make the play that they're they're needing to make. So, um, but he has all the trust in his guys. And I think Joe Brady does as well, where he's going to go out there and put um, his players in a position to succeed. You have a very um, well cohesive uh, offensive line coming back this year for his offense. And I think that can't be understated enough that that's going to play a big role in the progression of what they do moving into year two. Dave, your thoughts? Yeah, I want to go back to what you alluded to about the other candidates that came in to interview for these positions. I would not be at all surprised if those several of the guys that interviewed were brought in to be position coaches. Um, I said this last, I think it was after they fired Ken Dorsey. I came on here with Lance and I said that McDermott needs to surround himself with experienced coaches. And I think you need to surround your young up and coming coordinators with experienced coaches, whether that be a DB's coach, whether that be a quarterback coach, whatever that is. I wouldn't be surprised if the guys that came through one bills drive and interviewed for these head coordinator positions are brought in as positional coaches. Um, I'm just going to get that out. I'm going to throw that out there. Um, to me, Joe Brady just resonates just enthusiasm. I, I mean, we all saw Ken Dorsey throwing temper tantrums in the booth, right? But what we saw from Joe Brady on the field before the game, in practice, talking to Josh Allen, communicating, we didn't get that from Ken Dorsey. And I feel like that's something that kind of lit a fuel under under Josh when things were happening in the moment. Um, obviously, the Bills were coming off that terrible loss to the Broncos. The team was in the dumps. Josh just didn't look like himself all season. He looked like he was just going through the motions. He even said himself in a press conference, I'm just calling the plays. 
I'm just running the plays that are being called into the headset. Um, so I, I think he's, I mean, he's 34 years old, right? So he relates to all yeah. these guys, right? He, he relates to all these, these players. Um, and I just, I, I, I feel like how he utilized the secondary and third position players, such as the tight ends and the running backs. I feel like we're going to see a lot more of that. Um, we saw the real James cook. We saw it, it, little snippets of it in the beginning of the year and last year, but we saw what he's capable of doing when you just put the ball in his hands. Um, he makes catches, you know, the, the big play against the chiefs to open that, that the scoring in that game. I mean, that was, that was a running back running that route and it was, it was beautiful. Um, and there was a lot more of that sprinkled in throughout the season. Um, the bills ran for over a hundred yards every game that he was the offensive coordinator. And, it, and some of the games weren't even close. It was in the one fifties, one seventy five. So that says something about uh, a Buffalo bills team that we're not used to, right? He's, he's finding ways you go back to the Cowboys game when they had 266 yards. Like he was just doing what he wanted to do with the Cowboys defense. He was telling them, come stop what play that we're going to run five times in a row. You can't because we're going to just execute it because we've practiced it all week and we know how to beat you. And that's, that's what I'm excited about. I, I feel like he does make adjustments. I feel like he understands the in-game management part of it, if that makes sense. And I, I, I allude back to the offseason. We weren't, we weren't heavy talking about Josh Allen running the football, right? We were all told from Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott and Josh himself that he needs to protect his body. He needs to take care of you know his body to, to, for the longevity of his career. And we saw it. When Ken Dorsey was was the offensive coordinator, the Bills and Josh Allen, he only had he had less than five attempts per game. When Brady came in, it was over nine attempts a game. Now some of those are scrambles, some of those are designs, but I think ultimately we have an offensive coordinator now that understands put the ball in the in, in the position or put the ball in the hands of your best playmaker, and that's Josh Allen. And yes, there was games down the stretch that we had to win. We had to keep winning and do what it takes to get it done. And that sometimes is fourth and one or third and one from the one yard line. Josh Allen is automatic. All right. But that's intelligent. That's intelligent play calling. How many times in the beginning of the year did we see the bills were first and goal from the four and they were running out of shotgun? How many times did we see that? Like the bills stopped doing that with Kent with, with Joe Brady. So I think his ability to adapt and, and utilize the playmakers that he has um, I think is going to take the team a long way. Now I've seen a lot of stuff come out about how after Brady took over Diggs production, that's when it fell off a cliff. Um, I don't think that that's deliberate. I think that's just an extreme coincidence. I feel like he was still game plan to be the number one target. There's no doubt. I also think Diggs was dealing with an injury that we're probably going to find out about here in the coming weeks. But um he got Shakir involved when we were begging for it last year. We were begging for it at the beginning of the year. Um, he used Kincaid really well. He used the running backs really well. So ultimately, I think we're in good hands, and I'm excited to have him have a full offseason with Josh and the offense and kind of see how it goes from there. Um, but it, this was the right move. I mean, this this was – I feel like this was the only move. Um, we weren't getting any of the big names that were out there to come be the offensive coordinator. Now – some, you know, like Ben Johnson, like if you're going to stay in Detroit, like you might as well at least interview to play with a unicorn and Josh Allen, but that's neither, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, 
I will say this, as long as Josh is here, I feel like you, we're going to get the pick of the litter for offensive coordinators, whether it's in-house or somebody outside mm-hmm. the organization. So, but to, to wrap a bow on all this, I, th- I think with both coordinators, I think they got it right. I think they didn't play it safe. I think they played it smart. They took guys that have been here and they're learning and growing within the bills organization. And they want to, you know, play for a coach in a team that they've been a part of Brady for a couple years now and Babbage for, for seven years now. And they, they want to continue to grow until there's no more room for growth, which is becoming a head coach. And I think that they're both on the right track for that. One thing I want to mention before we get to the, to the senior bowl conversation about the Joe Brady hiring, or I guess keeping them on and making them officially those. I want to see what put or Obviously, we want the Bills to draft a receiver. We want the Bills to add a receiver. Everyone on social media is talking about it. It's just been beaten to a drum right now in the last hand, week and a half. But I want to see how they construct this offensive offense personnel-wise, right? Like, obviously, Ken Dorsey – obviously, Brandon Bean makes a decision. But obviously, the offense was geared probably a little bit towards more how Ken Dorsey wants to run, how, how he wanted to run his offense, and what certain playmakers he wanted and certain skill sets, right? I want to see what they do with Joe Brady, like who they bring in, uh, who they add. Obviously, Trent Shurfield's a free agent. They can get out of the Deontay Hardy contract, right? Like, obviously, Diggs is here. Uh, Kulil Shakir is here. Gabe Davis is a free agent. We'll obviously see how that transpires. Obviously, they have Kincaid, they have Knox, and they have James Cook, right? Like, I want to see who do they bring in as the backup running back? Who do they bring in to add as the receivers to Diggs and Shakir? Is it a veteran guy? Is it a draft guy? Do we draft? Like, what certain skill sets is this? is Joe Brady looking forward to add to this uh, weapons core already? And I, I'm intrigued to see that, but I think they made the right decision. Look, unless you can go get a Ben Johnson, there weren't a lot of other realistic options. And I don't think Ben Johnson was realistic. Uh, in my, in my opinion, I think Ben Johnson's waiting another year for a better head coaching opening, maybe like potentially the Pittsburgh Steelers, for example, or somebody like more of a stable organization than the Washington commanders. And I guess he didn't like the Seattle job. I'm assuming he would have took it if he liked it, but he's probably waiting for something else to open up down the road. Maybe Andy Reid retires in a year or two, something like crazy like that. I think that's what he's looking for, in my opinion. But I think they went, I think the offense with Joe Brady was much better. Like Dave said, and like Lance said, they used the running backs well, they ran the ball really well. Uh, but I'm most intrigued to see what they do with their personnel and who they add and who they subtract from the current roster. So, and to try to shape what Joe Brady does and what his scheme he wants. And like you guys both mentioned multiple times, he gets an off season and he gets a training camp. He gets a mini camp. He gets whatever, right? He gets a spring. He gets a summer to work with this offense and kind of not be, okay, you're the OC and have fun. You got a game in a week. Like that's not having that. He can sit back, he can game plan and he can figure out what worked and what didn't work with Josh and everyone else. And with Sean McDermott, which I think is, I guess, massive for what this offense can be under Joe Brady. One more thing, guys, and then I'm going to jump out of your way when you guys get into the Senior Bowl talk. Um, Naheem Hines is coming back. So I'm kind of excited to see if we actually have an offensive coordinator that can scheme him into the system. We saw what he did with James Cook, right? There was a lot of design pass plays for not just James Cook, but Latavius Murray when he was in there, if you like it or not, Ty Johnson when he was in there. Now imagine a speedster if he comes back healthy. Obviously, it's going to take some time, but I'm kind of intrigued to see um, if his playbook opens up a little bit for stuff like that, because that's the reason why we were told he was brought here right now. 
Right. The injury is the injury aside, it, we're going to have to take it a day at a time with him and figure out if he's actually going to be able to return to form. But things like that, like and like you said, you know, if he gets a speedster, look out. I mean, Josh, we saw against the Chiefs, he was bombing the ball. He he had no he had no ifs ands or buts about throwing the ball downfield. So. It's going to be interesting, um, and I'm going to jump off here because, yeah, I know you guys want to talk about the Senior Bowl, and I don't want to take up too much more of your time. All I want to say is, yes, I want to draft a wide receiver, but I want a safety in the first round, and I will bid myself adieu before I get attacked by the mob. <laughs> awesome. I think, you know, just to wrap that up <clears throat> a little bit with um, the running back talk, I think we're going to talk a lot about this offseason where we're going to get another running back for the running back room, only have two under contract, going to need four to round out the room probably. So uh, whether that's a late round draft pick or, you know, using free agency or both, uh, probably both. I think that uh, if there's anybody who is going to use that uh, running back like a Heinz successfully, that Joe Brady is that kind of guy. So, yeah. Senior bull talk, Lance. Fire it up, big guy. What do we got? Fire it up. Um, okay, so you guys know the Senior Bowl is this weekend. It's, I think, February 3rd, to be exact, the, the actual game. But throughout the week, you guys can go on social media. You can go on the Buffalo social media. We're doing some profiles on certain players. Uh, and obviously, people are tweeting stuff. And you can go around social media and see some of the workouts. And obviously, when I tell people this and people like to overreact, and I like to overreact. It's fun, right? It's fun to overreact to draft prospects. We have to be careful because I guess some guys excel in senior bowls, but you got to remember the one-on-one routes. They're more combine style. Like it's a little different and obviously it's a game. It's a, it's one game like when they play on Saturday. So everything take with everything, a grain of salt. This is one of the metrics that, the, that is used to draft these guys as always. Okay. So I was going to say what prospects to look at Lance, but we're going to get into some prospects when we talk about what positions the bills should be targeting. But mm-hmm. I'm going to start right. I'll start the bat right away, right? And these are just senior bowl people, guys. I'm going to be out. I'm going to put it out right there, right now. Just people that are currently at the senior bowl because we have so much time to talk about the draft. Lance, let's mm-hmm. start. Let's start talking about the wide receivers because obviously that is a hot topic among Bills fans. Some of the receivers that are except that are at the uh, senior bowl. Uh, Xavier Leggett from South Carolina. Uh, Tez Walker from UNC, Roman Wilson from Michigan, Malachi Corley, who's starting to become a, a fan favorite from Western Kentucky, Lad McConkey from Georgia, who had a tremendous day out of the slot. Uh, if you go back and watch that the guy history. from that show on FX, the fire, the fire uh, show. What's that called? McConkey? Yeah, probably not. Probably not. I don't, Lance, let's talk receivers, man. Ricky because, Pierce Hall, right? Did you say yeah. Him? The cool thing about the Senior Bowl, there's some guys in here that are not first. Hand most of these guys are not first round guys, right? right. Like there's some like a Tez Walker or a, uh, Xavier Leggett from South Carolina. Those are the type of guys that could sneak into the back end of the first round potentially, but more second round guys. But Lance, any receivers that kind of come to mind for you, man? I started today looking. Well, I mean, everyone's kind of raving so far about lad mcconkey you know his quickness kind of that um you know just that burst kind of i think the tank dell comparisons are starting to fly around already for him um and yeah i mean i think if if we're talking just 
where that fits with the Bills. If if McConkey's around in the third round, you can get him there. Um, not sure he would be, but if if that happens, then I would say uh, try to jump on it. Um, but you know, we need uh, a guy. For me, <clears throat> was looking a little bit more today at Brendan Rice. Obviously, has the lineage there. Um, has all the the physical attributes that you're looking for as an X receiver that can kind of stretch the field as well. Um, obviously, I just think that the the Bills need to keep looking at these guys. There's going to be good days and bad days. Um, Ricky Pearsall had a good day out of mm-hmm. Florida as well. So, you know, it's day one, so you can't overreact too much. I get it. Um, but, you know, it's good to see some of these guys coming out there. Um, showing something again, it's in shells and mostly shorts. So, you know, um, but you know, you could see ball skills and those kind of things and had some really good, uh, really good perform, you know, individual kind of performances and reps that kind of shined out there today. Um, I was looking for, I had one, another one and I, and I lost it. So I'll let you go while I try to find that. You know what? Something's interesting, Lance. The heights of some of these guys that are on these draft profile websites, right? That get completely changed once they get measured at the senior bowl, right? Like right. Xavier, how do I say his last name? Legit or Legit? I think it's Legit. I would say Legit. Yeah. Legit. Okay. This wide receiver out of South Carolina that's been a hot commodity uh, in this draft. It was listed at 6'3, measures at 6'1. Look, I'm not going to try to be dramatic. That is a big difference of who you were drafting as a receiver, right? Mm-hmm. Like, your 40 time becomes a factor because when you run a 40 at a certain height, it's different than when you run a 40 at a different height, right? Like that it's, it's, that's very important stuff and your speed and your breakaway thing. But you mentioned Brendan Rice. Um, and this is something that Lance and I've talked, talked about last year. A lot of the guys that the beat the bills like and teams like are guys that make Bruce Feldman's freak list, right? Like these freakish athletes, for mm-hmm. example, Justin shorter, right? Like freakish athlete. This is what Bruce Feldman had to say about Brennan Rice, who, according to NFLDraftBuzz.com, is right now projected second to a third-round pick at the moment. Uh, someone that, if the Bills don't go wide receiver in round one, could fly into that kind of category. Um, this is what Bruce Feldman had to say. He said, the biggest freak of the bunch, geez, the biggest freak of the bunch, is one of the heftiest football bloodlines, Brennan Rice, son of the greatest receiver ever, Jerry Rice. Younger Rice, who had 39 catches for 611 yards and four touchdowns in 2022, is 6'3", 215 pounds, and hit 23 miles per hour on the GPS and had an impressive 1.43 10-yard split. Uh, his vertical jump is 38 inches, and he's just he looks like an a- absolute freak of nature out there. And I guess when you're the son of Jerry Rice, you kind of get those genes that Lance and I did not get because we're not the sons of Jerry Rice. Um, uh, he's tall. They like his they like his uh, burst off the line of scrimmage. Uh, something that scares me, Lance, when I'm evaluating receivers, and I think you would agree, like your step up from college to NFL is huge. Is huge. Can you create separation? Because separation becomes even even harder when it when you go when it translates to the nfl someone like keon coleman scares me a bit because i don't know if he fully can separate and did he just use his big six foot four six foot five body frame in college to get open and create catches that's all great and all but you have to be able to separate and make it easy targets for guys so that is something guys when i'm evaluating receivers when i'm looking at receivers something that i would i would definitely look at 
And by everything I said about Brandon Rice, if you, can, if you see someone that can get off the line of scrimmage that create chaos for DBs, that's a guy that the Bills should be targeting. Yeah, I mean, a lot of guys are trying to fine-tune things like release at this point in their football career. So they have, they're going to fine-tune release. They're going to fine-tune their route tree, really, and then also being able to um, get out of the at the top of their route. Um, and, and really, that's where they're going to gain the separation the most. And I think that, um, you know, as they keep working on it and throughout this off-season workouts, we're going to kind of change our minds probably a few different times. And, yeah. you know, like I said, this day one, guys are going to have good days and bad days. Um, you know, I think uh, everyone seeing a, a guy like Lad McConkey out there just who is so shifty um, really, you know, wows people. And I think that was one of the, the cool things to see um, from the one-on-ones today. And Lance, you're 100% right. This We're very in the early, very stages of this uh, kind of draft analysis. And obviously, like you said, things will change. We'll go in more depth. But we wanted to talk a little bit about the senior bowl because, one, we're fighting for topics at this point of the offseason because we're a little too early for free agency at the moment with the Super Bowl still being pending. But the senior bowl is this weekend. Lance, a center that is starting to get talked out of the Buffalo Bills draft range is Jackson Powers Johnson, right? He's another guy that is at the Senior Bowl. You mentioned him last week when we ended the show. We wanted to drop some draft prospects leading into this episode. He is also at the Senior Bowl. And when I mean Lance, he's dropping out of our draft consideration, right? Because yeah. for the most part, we need a safety. We, we need a receiver. We probably need a defensive tackle. You can even argue we might need a backup running back over center, right? Whatever. An edge potentially with some of the free agents and A.J. Epinetza and Shaq Lawson and Leonard Floyd, right? Like those type of needs over center because Mitch Morse is coming back for another year. But you do want to look maybe a year down the road if you can sit a guy for a year. The problem is Jackson Powers Johnson is starting to talk himself into day two and starting to play himself into day two. And that kind of kind of falls out of the Bills range. Lance, what are your thoughts on Jackson Powers Johnson, who I saw in one rep today, looked like an absolute animal. Yeah, I think he could potentially um, work himself into potentially, a, you know, I don't know, first round. Oh, I saw oh. some people mocking um, from, you know, more needy teams thinking that he could slide all the way up into round one. And I mean, it's again, it's an overreaction day one. But again, you know, being the best at your position, um, I don't think that it's a stretch to think that he might be able to um, to do that. So, well, Lance, it's I think it's one about his ability because I think he's a heck of a good player, right? But if you go on NFLDraftBuzz.com, he's 11th ranked O lineman, and look, that's including guards, that's including tackles, and that's including centers. That's not a first round pick, of course not. But if he's the number one center, we saw Tyler Linderbaum a couple years ago go to the Baltimore Ravens. He was the only center that went in the first round, right? Like, if a team needs a center, they're going to take him, and you're going to take the best center available. This could be a guy that's talked out of or that's probably drafted higher than he probably should have been, but because maybe of his position. And that is someone that showed up today in the uh, senior bowl today that I know you mentioned last week. Yeah, for um, sure. And that you were very high on. Uh, but we might have to kiss that dream goodbye, Lance. Yeah, I think so. I think that's, uh, you know, I think it's it's too, it would be too early to really look at that position for the Bills. I think you have to address a lot of other needs before 
looking at a center. I just think when I was looking through things last week, you know, man, if if their projection and they stay on course for being um, and, and Zach Frazier from West Virginia might still be on this trajectory. Um, <clears throat> he may, you know, be a guy who is available late, later, you know, in the draft, third round, something like that, where you can hopefully just not stash a guy, but it, it's really coming down to, you know, where are your positions aging out um, on the roster? And the Bills just historically do not draft all for need. I know that this year that probably is going to have to change a little bit. I think you're going to have to get some need, uh, position of needs in the draft. Historically, it's been best player available, and that's why you saw them take two edges back-to-back rounds, you know, um, different things like that. And so for me, I just think, like, starting to look at where are we aging out. Obviously, safety is a no-brainer where we kind of need to get that. But center just made too much sense. Um, to, to maybe try to take a look at that. So yeah, we'll continue to take a look at these guys. And, uh, but I, I was um, certainly not surprised to see um, Powers Johnson kind of wow today during the, during the first day. Yeah. And like we've said probably about a million times, it's still early drafts not until end of April. We're just trying to get some re- recent, I guess, Topics because it's it is Senior Bowl week. Uh, Cedric Van Prans, the center out of Georgia, is a potential uh, another guy that I think people have definitely been interested in. Uh, Lance, any other positions? Because I have a little bit of a question I want to ask you that I posed. But I know safeties people love to talk about. I'm a huge look. I'm a huge Cameron Kitchens kind of guy. I think he's very good. Uh, but he's also you take him in the first round or you don't take him because he won't be there with probably your second round pick. So he's a guy that either is it worth. And I know, I know Dave left really quickly, but he said he wanted to take a safety in the first round. I'm not against, I'm not, a, not against that, but I would probably stay away from that. Some guy I want to get your thoughts on. If you don't, if, if you have any thoughts on him, Javon board, who's at the senior bowl from Georgia on NFL draft He's rated as the fourth best safety in this draft. He's projected second to a third round pick. I think that fits exactly where the Bills kind of want to sit. So what are your thoughts on Javon Board? Yeah, it's one of the guys I started to look at. I haven't chewed through too much of him yet, what do you mean, but man? it's definitely you one of the guys. Three hours of Javon Board, Hodge, instead of going to work and taking care of your family? <laughs> right. Um, heck, man. Priorities, one, I know. I've got to get this shit together. Um, excuse my language. But um, I think that definitely um, – those are the kind of guys that we're going to have to take a look at. There's not a doubt in my mind that we could potentially um, grab two safeties in this draft. So, you know, you never know. Hey, let's take um, both Georgia safeties, Tyke Smith and Javon Board. Yeah, it's kind of on that thing uh, for taking the, the Florida safeties last year. So, um, yeah, I think. Oh, I remember uh, that. We talked about that a lot when we did the simulators. Yeah. He would, you know, I think Bullock's going to be one of those guys that we're going to find coming into our uh, mock drafts. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. and, or sorry, Bullard. I, I was saying Bullard. Bullard. No, um, so I, I think you know he's a, a little shorter than what I is that what I'm seeing five eleven. I, I like kind of liking the the You're six. Like the 
Um, but you know, I think that that is where it's five eleven. I mean, split yeah. hairs here. So oh, you we, you're talking about you you said Bullock before. That's there's also yeah, a safety Bullock, Kalen yeah, Bullock I, from USC. Yep. Totally got him mixed up. But um, yeah, he's bigger. He's six three, so he might be the guy you were thinking of when you're. So he might be 100%. fits your more of your. I don't think he's a senior bowl guy, but yeah. The other thing you know that I think you can't rule out with this regime is, um, and I and I guess staying with safety, I, I think if if you can get Newbin or uh, Kinchins with their first round pick, I wouldn't be mad at either of those really. Uh, Newbin okay. has more of the six two frame. Um, like I said, that more. I like Kitchens. Um, but Kitchens is also, you know, very good. I'm looking at, you know, Adisa Isaac um, as well from Penn State, a defensive end, uh, edge rusher, uh, like his size, 6'4", 254. So um, kind of a second, late second round pick. Uh, keep an eye on him. I think that's someone just not trying – I'm trying to not give you just the the general guys that everyone's talking about um through day one of the senior bowl but i think isaac um, like lab mcconkey like <laughs> so uh yeah. isaac's the guy to keep keep your eye on and see you brought up you know he's if he's there in round two mm-hmm. i wouldn't put it past the bills to, to throw an edge in there in round two you brought up i have a profile coming up later this week on another edge rusher that's at the senior bowl uh brandon dorless from the university of oregon He's a second to a third round pick right now. Thir- ninth edge rusher in the class. His 6'3", 290. Uh, that seems pretty big for an edge rusher. Yeah. Seems like a very big edge rusher that can stop the run. And that can't is something teach that size, can, right? Can't teach size. And we saw with Gregory Rousseau, uh, who's obviously taller than 6'3", but that big frame. Um, and he's on Bruce Feldman's freak list. And for some reason, I keep finding these guys that are in Bruce Feldman's freak list. I don't, this seems pretty heavy to me, Lance, but I'm joking here. Yeah, he did a 685-pound back squat and then a 685-pound sumo deadlift and then a 345-pound power clean. Don't try that at home, kids, because that seems like you might kill yourself. And he also somehow ran 20.75 miles per hour in the GPS. This guy is the guy the Bills draft. This type of body, this type of frame, this type of athleticism. Uh, his first trait, he's ready for the physicality of the NFL. Sign me up. If you're ready to go hit a guy, that's the guy I want. Um, yep. He also says right in his profile here, versatile defensive lineman. So, three, you know, McDermott's going to love that. This is a guy second to a third round pick. He probably, Lance, this is the fun thing about this type of thing, and this happens more when the combine is because they don't do as much here as they do in the combine when they do the testing, when he does his broad jump, when he does his vertical, when he does his run, and you see a guy this big run a sub five. You know what I mean? Like, this is the guy that right. shoots up yeah. 30 spots. He just shoot. These are the guys that sometimes play themselves out of the position that the Bills are in the pick. Sometimes they, that's why sometimes guys are overdrafted because they're too athletic and they don't translate to the NFL. But Brandon Dorless out of the Oregon D, D edge, DN slash edge. Um, he's 22 years old, uh, but he's second to a third round pick. Like Lance said, if the Bills want to go second round edge rusher, that is a guy I would uh, look at. John Roberts in the comment section. How many picks do we have? I believe it's 10 at the moment, Lance. Or is it, yeah, is nine it with the it's nine officially with the tenth one, ten, assuming ten, to be coming with the convinced story. Yeah. Yeah. Lance, I got a question for you, man. 
I'm not asking if anybody stands out. I don't know why I framed it like this. We're talking about the Senior Bowl. So these are the quarterbacks that are at the Senior Bowl that are currently at the Senior Bowl. Joel Milton, Spencer Rattler, Bo Nix, who's going to be a first-round pick, Michael Pratt, Sam Hartman, Carter Bradley, and Michael Penix Jr., who's also going to be a first-round pick, right? The reason I'm asking this question is because with your sixth or your seventh-round pick, is it time for the Bills to finally take a quarterback in the draft at the end of the draft to be the long-term backup for the Bills? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd love to have Joe Milton in the building uh, with that Thank arm you. and uh, the athleticism that he has. It just fits uh, too well. And I think, you know, it's a guy who's Thank projected fifth rounder, I think, right now, you know, if he slides a little bit uh, further. But yeah, um, yeah. or if or you know, if you get him late fifth, I mean, I guess I what do you I mean, they have two fifth round picks, I think, this year. So like, um, I think your ideal <clears throat> is probably the earliest sometime in the sixth round to take a quarterback right. just because yeah. sometimes you want to get in the fifth round a guy that. Maybe the future center, right? Or a guy that can play or the second safety that you drafted. You know what I mean? Somebody more like that, but right. But we have two fifth round picks. So that's why I'm saying where you can still get um, you know, one of those guys in the fifth round that you're talking about, and then use the other one kind of as a bonus and you know, maybe trade that sixth round pick um as a part of another deal if you're moving up somewhere. So I think that this is the draft to definitely try to move up because uh there's just it's more you know, top heavy in the first four rounds where, whereas other drafts have been filled with more underclassmen that have filled out the, the draft to make it a deeper draft. And this year's not so, so much. So I think <clears throat> with the bill's current draft picks, um, you know, you may want to try to see if you can get uh, some moving, some movement towards the, the first four rounds with some of the later round picks. Brett's asking who's the D-tackle D- player. We didn't mention a D-tackle. I, I mentioned an edge rusher who could f- maybe slide in as a D-tackle because he fits that Brandon frame. Dorless. Brandon, Dor- Brandon Dorless from Oregon. I'll put him in the comments section. Brandon Dorless, Oregon. If you see that comment coming in hot, Brett. Uh, Brent, sorry, not Brett. Brent, uh, that's the guy. Lance, who's the, you want to drop the guy you, got, you were talking about in the comment section because maybe – he meant the guy you were talking about, but another quarterback who's oh, no, maybe that's the guy I was talking. He said thanks, but you can also drop him as well. He's more of an edge. He can slide as a D tackle potentially, uh, and then Adisa Isaac as well uh, from Penn State. But Michael Pratt, Lance, a guy that opted out of his bowl game at Tulane, uh, a fourth round projection pick. You and I have done this a while. We know quarterbacks if they don't go really in the first or second round, they start sliding to day three because teams in day two like to take a guy that can go compete and win a starting job right away. That's where you get your value in the draft, second and third round. And that's where you have to hit. If you want to make a successful team, not in the first round, the first round's glamorous and it's fun. The teams that win championships have elite quarterbacks, but they also have guys that they hit in the second and third rounds and teams that build winning cultures and winning teams. Mm-hmm. Michael Pratt is another guy I would take on late day three. If you can kind of slide from, from Tulane, another guy that developmental, but Joe Milton's the type of guy with his rocket arm. Uh, he needs to work on his act, but he's not obviously not coming to start right away. So I want to see if the Bills go that route. It also could make sense that they go that route and also add a veteran quarterback as well, uh, depending on financial situations and maybe the veteran guys are practice squad quarterback because it's who who they trust and all that kind of things. Um, 
but I don't think I'm opposed to taking a quarterback in this draft. Not at all. Ah. Not, not opposed. I would definitely, um, you know, encourage it. So let's see. Let's talk. I didn't do. Let's talk some D tackles. Um, because this is another topic of conversation. The Bills have some openings at the D tackle position, and we're gonna be. I'm gonna be honest with all of you, and you guys know this stuff changes with free agency. Look. If the Bills go spend at safety, then we might not be talking about a safety in the first or second round, right? If the Bills go bring back Daquan Jones, bring back Tim Settle, go get another like DJ Reader, for example, or Ali McNeil from Detroit. I'm just throwing names out here. Your draft changes. Or Lance, if they go get a running back with James Cook and they have Naeem Hines, I might not be talking about a running back in thir- the fourth round anymore, right? Like stuff changes for the good and for the worse and all that kind of thing. Um I'm trying to find the D tackles that are at the. I wish they listed them all as a D tackle. Is Michael Hall Jr. a D tackle? Because he's the guy that I was wanted to talk about. They kind of just listed him as DL. So, okay, they on draft buzz they listed him at D tackle. Michael Hall Jr. Uh, he's a D tackle, three tech, D tackle. For example, Daquan Jones is a one tech, right? Mm-hmm. And Ed Oliver's a three tech. Yep. So I think we do need another Ed Oliver. I think we do need a guy back there. I think if you bring back Daquan Jones, you can also get a one-tech. Michael Hall Jr., who's at the combine. I know they all list him at DL, but he's a D-tackle on NFLDraftBuzz.com. He's 6'2", 280. So he's a little undersized for the D-tackle, but he plays the three-tech, so it kind of makes sense. And also, that just puts into perspective how freaking big Brandon Dorless is to be an edge rusher. My God. Why, why? Now I'm in love with Brandon Dorless. I want to draft them. What the frick? I hate the draft sometimes. I love the draft, and I hate the draft because I do this to myself all the time. But Michael Hall Jr., projected third-round pick. Um, Damn it, he's not on Bruce Feldman's uh, freak list. Yeah, Um, one of the guys that I – if I'm going to go D-tackle, just looking at, you know, just mass. uh, Jordan Jefferson on LSU is going to be a later-round pick projected. I think so. Um, You know, one of those guys to keep an eye on, six, two and a half. 323. So let me pull let me pull his NFL draft buzz up. Oh, you're going deep, my guy. Lance, he runs corn NFL draft buzz at the moment. He has a 4740. That's 6'4, 317 pounds. Huge. No, yeah. What the hell? Yeah, I'm not sure so if that's true, but that's definitely the guy. Oh my god, <laughs> that's insane! So he would be the backup to Daquan Jones, essentially. Yeah, hundred percent. So he's draft projection six, like Lance. Yeah, get him in the fifth. Of, you know, even if you get him in the fifth or no, whatever. Yeah. But those are some type of guys that you can go spend somewhere else at free agency if you can hit yeah. on these type of guys. Because you so let's say you go get a Daquan Jones, and then you, you bring back Daquan Jones. Maybe bring back Tim Settle. And you go get this type of guy. Like that could be your D line room. D tackle room, and I'd be okay with it. Uh, but I have a, a profile coming up on Michael Hall Jr. coming out th- later this week. Uh, some strengths of Jordan Jefferson, because now I'm reading about him. Rayleigh goes to the ground, showing good. This is from NFL Draft Buzz. So I'm not taking anybody's content here. Rayleigh goes to the ground, showing good balance from his high school wrestling days. His spin move is already NFL caliber, and Jefferson, Jefferson deploy, displays a very good motor. He's also on Bruce yeah. Feldman's freak list. And if you're a pro, if you're a former wrestler, Sean McDermott's going to prefer that. So, 
Also, if you run a 470, 47 at 317 freaking pounds, uh, oh my God. Yeah. what the hell? That is insane. Um, that, but Lance, we know this. That's the type of guy that if he goes and runs a 47 at the combine, his stock will go from being a fifth to a sixth round pick to being a third round pick. Yeah. And should it be? I don't know. That does it just because he can run 40 yards really fast, does it make him a good defensive tackle? Not at all, but it shows maybe his body type and who he is. Right. It's traits. Um, I mean, this, this draft is all about drafting traits. Um, you have to mention Tavondre Sweat here from Texas, obviously, when you're talking about yeah. uh, big guys up front. Oh, my um, God. Yeah. 100%. One of those guys that you just uh, can eat up uh, blocks. So, uh, would be remiss if we didn't mention him. Um, Braden Fisk, Florida State, mm-hmm. um, quick off the snap with really good hands. Or, you know, again, looking at the NFL draft buzz site, um, one of those guys that uh, projecting third round right now, I think has a chance to, uh, to play well in the NFL. So, yeah, those are a couple of guys on the D line that I was kind of looking at. Yeah, Tavondre Sweat, a guy that I really, I really like. Uh, also, his teammate out of Texas, uh, Byron Murphy, is another guy that I really like. But Tavondre Sweat, a Senior Bowl guy, um, like you said, six four, three sixty two, Lance, big guy, runs a five hundred five forty. Um, draft projection being second round, like that's a guy. If you want to go receiver and then go D tackle in the second round, that's a guy I would. And I've seen him mocked late in the first round. I've seen him mocked late in the first round because he's that, I think, that good of a defensive tackle. Right. Uh, Lance, I said this multiple times last week, but I love the season, and I love obviously breaking the season down with you and going week to week, man. But there's something about the draft that is fun. I haven't done my big board yet, but I will, and I, I, this is awesome. And my favorite part, when, when the kind of free agency kind of dies down in early March and we have – about a month and a half and you and I can just rip simulators at the end of every show and just mm-hmm. play around with the simulators and then start drafting the same freaking Florida safeties at the end of the draft over <laughs> and over again. And then the bill's not drafting those guys is fun. It is fun. Yeah. Uh, I think one more guy to shout out on the defensive line. It will be McKinley Jackson for me. I think um, just wanted to, he's a third round projection right now to Texas A&M 6'2", 325. But uh, just really looking at these guys that have, a lot of mass. I think that's the one thing you got to look at from this draft, from the Bills. You you really need to, um, you know, take a long peek at the guys that are just big because you can't teach size. Yeah, I want to I want to shout out a running back that I did a profile. I did. If you guys go in the Built in Buffalo Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter account, I'm doing two profiles a day for the rest of this week and leading up to the Senior Bowl on Saturday. Today was Jackson Powers Johnson out of Oregon. Gave his strengths, gave his weaknesses. I also threw in Ray Davis from Kentucky, a running back that I think if the, and I, I, I was ready for the comments on Facebook and Instagram. Oh, we don't need a running back. We don't need a running back. And sometimes you just want to take your screen and throw it at someone. And you can't because I can't do that. But <laughs> when I'm talking about the bills drafting a running back here, I'm talking about a guy that if they don't want to go get a veteran guy, like again, like Latavius Murray, if they want to get a backup to kind of reset the clock behind James Cook, Ray Davis is that type of guy. Uh, his strengths, powerful runner, excels in breaking tackles, good vision slash patience, and he's a solid pass catcher. And 
He's a little undersized, but I think he falls into that third to five, fifth round kind of draft category. I know that's a little bit broad at the moment, but that's mm-hmm. kind of a lot of guys are broad at the moment just because we're doing a lot of uh, – it's early in the draft process. Right. Ray Davis – If we're going to talk about running backs a little bit, I think, you know, people are talking about Dylan Law about there having a good day in in day one. Again, you know, in shells that, you know, running backs aren't going to get a a long look, but uh, one of those areas (laughs) where you just got to kind of mention the guys that are standing out. So, yeah, fourth round pick projection to cornerfieldraftbuzz.com. A little undersized, but height wise, but I don't think that always matters when it comes to running backs. So, tomorrow, We'll be doing a little couple more draft prospects. And like I said, we'll go throughout the week. Uh, Lance, before we get out of here, do you have a favorite senior bowl prospect? Um, I also have one more question for you that I didn't ask. What I, was, I didn't tell you I was going to ask, but I'll ask it because why not? That's good. Um, yeah, I think, you know, Powers Johnson was kind of one of the guys I was looking to, to watch. So he's kind of one of the, you mentioned the him last guys week? I'm looking at. Um, you know, mentioned trying to take a, a long look at him. Um, and then I definitely want to get more eyes on a guy like Tavondre Sweat to see, mm-hmm. um, you know, what what he can do. He's just so big. I mean, it's just fascinating. Yeah, Brandon, I, I, wrote, I wrote down, like, Lyle McConkie's cool. Cameron Kitchens is cool. Javon Bullard, like I mentioned before. But I think uh, Brandon Dorless, who I mentioned a couple minutes ago, just his eye-popping measurements and – where I think he could potentially fit into the second and third round of this draft fits exactly where if the Bills wanted to go the route of edge rusher, which I do think is a possibility, uh, he kind of fits that. But the question I was going to ask, Lance, all right off the top of your head, man, the Bill Wayne's right. We need a running back. Yeah, just because you say we need a running back, it doesn't mean it says we need a guy to start over James Cook. That's not that's right. two totally different conversations. Like I said, we need to draft a quarterback. I'm not saying we go take. Michael Penix to replace Josh Allen. That's like not what I'm saying here. And some yeah. people will take that to heart. Lance. Need to get some good depth on rookie contracts. Yeah. And, that's, uh, that's you know, we cheap. have two running backs under a roster right now. We need at least four well, going in the season. So yeah. You have 10 picks. You want to – and in teams that have good rosters, and we've seen this with the Bills, not every draft pick makes the roster. But you want to be able to maximize the amount of picks you make to make this active roster. We saw, for example, Alex Olsen, who did not make the roster, who ended up on a different roster because the Bills that had too much depth at cornerback. Like, you want to take guys that can make this roster, that can make an impact. A backer running back is a guy that will make this roster. If you take him, for example, Ray Davis in the fourth round, he will make this roster, and he'll be a potential impact player. And also, obviously, I haven't gone too in-depth with him yet, but you got to look at guys that can play punt return, that can kick return. Mm. you got to look at special teams as well because we know how much the Bills – uh, value that. But I'm going to ask you this, Lance, before we get out of here, and I appreciate everyone that tuned in tonight, if you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Odyssey, or if you're on the Built on Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter network, stay with us for the whole offseason until the draft season to get all your guys' content. We're not going anywhere anytime soon. But Lance, one through five, the positions the Bills need to draft. Uh, wide receiver for me is going to be at the top. Uh, safety. Put you on the spot. Defensive tackle. Um, I think, you know, edge goes in there at four, maybe. Yeah. And then, uh, and I'll take running back at five. You, you... I really can't change your list. Cause I, I, th- I think wide receivers one, I guess you could make the argument D tackle might be two if you want to, but I do think they really need a safety unless they really like Taylor Rapp with Poyer, but 
they do need a safety. So I would go receiver one, safety two. I'm going to play the devil's advocate here. I'm going to be a little spicy. I'll go edge three just because of Empanetta and Floyd and Shaq Lawson all being free agents. But like I said earlier, that could change depending on if they all three come back, then I might throw edge rusher completely out of the list. If, right. You know what I mean? If something opens up, it doesn't. And then I'll probably, I like D tackle at four. I like running back at five. Right? I think those are the five positions. Maybe like something that I didn't think I would, ha- would say going into this year or going into this offseason, our O-line, maybe outside of drafting a backup here or there or getting a veteran free agent, whatever, is set starting lineup-wise. Yeah. And people will say, oh, we don't need a backup center because we have Ryan Bates. Yeah, we do. But, I mean, his contract's up after this year, and, you know, he's going to be 27, 28 years old. And, you know, at that point, what money are you going to be able to spend on a center there that where you can draft a young guy this year and really get – four good years out of them at a cheaper rate. So that's kind of why I'm talking about center this year. Yeah. And that's why we're talking Jackson powers, Johnson out of the bill spot. I'm totally messing because I think he would fit so nice into this bill system. If they, yeah, for sure. Um, And you know, look, they like to take best player available. And we said they might avoid that this year. And if he's there in the second round, we might be like, Holy crap. We just took a center. And yep. like, We've done it before. We back-to-back edge rushers. We took back-to-back years of linebackers in the third round, and everyone bashed Terrell Bernard, and now everyone, and now we we needed Terrell Bernard in a playoff game, and mm-hmm. he didn't play. And obviously, it's cost. It cost. It was it was detrimental to the Bills winning a playoff game. Okay, Lance, we can't we can't waste all our draft content. Appreciate everyone that tuned in, Lance. Who are we sponsored by, and where can everyone check out everything Bill Buffalo? Yeah, check out builtinbuffalonews.com for all great articles. Check out our Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. We're doing some stuff on TikTok now, too. So we're going to be getting a lot of stuff uh, rolling here as the offseason goes. Um, uh, You'll catch Akeem Richens on uh, TikTok doing some cool stuff. He's vetting that stuff out now to to get um, great content to all of you. So uh, good stuff from from all of us at Built in Buffalo. Check out tomorrow going deep podcast, and then you have uh, three podcasts on Thursday with uh, T, and then the Buffalo Basement and Witty Not Funny, and then Friday uh, is Bills Chat. So then Saturday will be off the edge, and there might be something kind of fun coming Saturday from Built in Buffalo. So keep your eyes out on all of our social medias. Might have a Akeem joined by a cool guest um, on Saturday that is news to come so again follow us all and also check out underdog fantasy our sponsor and use promo code blitz when you sign up and you'll be able to get your first deposit matched up to 100 we'll be back obviously as always if you didn't miss this episode you can always rewatch it on facebook youtube and twitter or listen on apple podcast spotify odyssey wherever you get your podcast just type in built and puffle podcast network lance and i will be back next tuesday at 8 p.m I have no idea what we're talking about, but we are talking about something related to the Bills. You guys are going to hear me say that a lot in the next couple weeks. Uh, yeah. Might give a little Super Bowl preview, eh? Yeah, we could. We could do that. We'll also try to get some fun guests on, some Bills reporters, some outside people that don't work for Built in Buffalo, and get different perspectives. And then obviously when free agency comes, we'll start talking about the free agency, the combine, the draft, and etc. Okay. We'll be back next week. Hopefully, everyone enjoyed this episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, go Bills.
Go Bills.